Morning, y'all. I'm Stephen Artery, in for Katie Kamen, and it's Tuesday, June 28th. On this date, in 1914, Archduke Franz Ferdinand of Austria and his wife were assassinated in Sarajevo by a Serb nationalist. That act sparked World War I. At the time, it was known as the War to End All Wars. Then, on this date, five years later, in 1919, the Treaty of Versailles was signed in France, bringing an end to World War I. Now, let's head over to the First Alert Weather Center for your Tuesday forecast. All right, good morning to you. I'm meteorologist Joey Silvine. Today will be a day where we'll start out with a mostly cloudy sky. A few showers and thunderstorms a possibility this morning. Highs this afternoon around 87 degrees. Hang on to the umbrellas today, tomorrow as well as we'll dodge some raindrops. Rain chance both in the morning and the afternoon with a mostly cloudy sky. Later this week, rain chance may come down a little bit towards Thursday and Friday, but still some scattered showers and storms in the forecast. And as we look ahead to the 4th of July weekend, I think we'll be in and out of some clouds. Clouds with the daily chance of rain and highs in the upper 80s to around 90 degrees. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast, powered by the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Now, let's get to your morning headlines. The fallout from the Supreme Court ruling about abortion rights is growing. This after three straight days of protests across America. The ruling has left some legal confusion. There's also a surge in demand for over-the-counter emergency contraceptive pills, forcing retailers like Walmart and CVS to limit purchases. Jan Crawford has more. From New York to Los Angeles, protesters took to the streets. With angry crowds squaring off with jubilant supporters over the historic ruling that ends a federal constitutional right to abortion and allows states to decide whether or not to ban it. Largely peaceful, there were scattered episodes of vandalism and another attack on an anti-abortion pregnancy center like this one in Virginia. With the ruling, at least eight states have made abortion illegal and more than a dozen more expected to ban or severely restrict it. But abortion rights supporters in conservative states are not giving up the legal fight. In Louisiana, abortions resumed after a state court judge temporarily blocked Louisiana's trigger law. In others, abortion rights groups are arguing their state constitutions give more protections than the federal constitution and contain a right to an abortion. Carrie Galloway, Planned Parenthood, Utah. A woman no longer has bodily autonomy to make decisions about her reproductive health care. The state politicians have that authority over her body and That doesn't jive with the Utah Constitution. Abortion rights opponents, having triumphed in a 49-year battle to overturn Roe, also are looking to what's next. Republican governors like South Dakota's Kristi Noem say they are committed to help women with more support and new programs, while also working to implement other restrictions, like banning women from getting abortion pills through the mail. In South Dakota, we've already had a bill passed that said on telemedicine abortions that we don't believe it should be available uh, because it is a dangerous situation for those individuals uh, without being medically supervised by a physician. Vice President Harris said the White House will fight those efforts. We will do everything within our power as an administration through the executive branch to ensure that women have access to the medication they need. 
and a state court judge has now temporarily blocked the trigger ban in Utah under its state constitution. And we can expect to see more of these legal battles as state courts and legislatures take up this issue and decide what the right to abortion is going to look like in their states. Jan Crawford, CBS News, the Supreme Court. And here in our state, the fetal heartbeat law is now in effect. Yesterday, a federal judge lifted a block on that law in the wake of last week's Supreme Court ruling where justices overturned Roe versus Wade. The law bans abortions once a fetal heartbeat is detected, which is typically around six weeks. Exceptions are allowed in the case of rape, incest, health, and life of the mother are fetal abnormalities. Now, the law had been blocked from being enforced since right after McMaster signed it nearly a year and a half ago. In a statement, South Carolina's Attorney General Alan Wilson says our state is now carrying out a government's most sacred and fundamental duty protecting life, end quote. The president and CEO of Planned Parenthood, South Atlantic also reacting to the news. She released a statement in response to the judge's ruling saying, quote, after last week's harmful Supreme Court ruling overturning Roe versus Wade, it's clear the best path to protect abortion access in South Carolina after around six weeks of pregnancy does not run through our existing federal court case, but this fight is far from over, end quote. Well, today, South Carolina voters will head to the polls to vote in the state's primary runoffs. The June 14th statewide primary results are in, and there are a number of races in today's ballots on today's ballots. The State Election Commission wants to make sure voters understand the rules for both the Democratic and Republican primaries. Our Lauren Quinlan joins us with what you need to know to vote today. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning. The State Election Commission says the most important thing to note when voting in a primary runoff is if you voted in the original primaries, you are limited to voting in that same party. But if you didn't vote at all, you have some leeway and can vote in any party that you choose. Polling places will be open today starting at 7 a.m. and will close at 7 p.m. Voters are asked to bring their photo ID with them and to check your polling place before leaving the house because some may have changed since the last election day. Bring your driver's license, DMV ID card, U.S. passport, federal military ID, or your photo voter registration card. And if you don't have one of those, you can get a photo voter registration card for free from your county voter registration office. Early voting for primary runoffs has passed, but the State Election Commission says the first day they had more people voting early than the original primaries, and they see early voting getting more and more popular in the future. To check your polling place, visit our website at live5news.com and click on this story. Reporting live in Charleston, Lauren Quinlan, Live 5 News. And some races we will be following today are the Republican primary for state superintendent of education and the Democratic primary for U.S. Senate. Those voting in the Republican runoff will pick between Kathy Manis and Ellen Weaver for state superintendent of education. The winner will face Democrat Lisa Ellis in the general election. On the Democratic side, people can pick between Catherine Fleming, Bruce, and, and state representative Crystal Matthews in the U.S. Senate race. Now, the winner will face incumbent Republican Senator Tim Scott in the fall. More local races include the Republican primary for Berkeley County Council District 6 and the Democratic primary for State House District 101. 
A Johns Island man is facing kidnapping and first-degree criminal sexual conduct charges. Charleston County Sheriff's Deputy say Tyrone Robinson III used a gun to hold a woman against her will and sexually assaulted her. According to deputies, Robinson was arrested yesterday afternoon by SWAT members on Johns Island. He's expected to have a bond hearing today. And today, the man accused with disgrace, former South Carolina attorney Alec Murdoch, in an insurance plot is expected to appear in bond court. 61-year-old Curtis Smith has been charged by the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division with four counts of money laundering, three counts of forgery, and criminal conspiracy. His bond hearing is expected today at noon in Columbia. Smith previously was charged by SLED on multiple counts in connection with the shooting of Alec Murdoch over the Labor Day weekend. Two South Street property owners will face a jury this fall about the Memorial Day shooting in downtown Charleston that injured a dozen people. Officials say a large party at the house, at those houses rather, is what led to the shooting and fighting in the street. The property owners are facing public nuisance charges in livability court. The two defendants on South Street did not have to appear in person yesterday because the city is allowing them a jury trial this fall. That's set to start on September 19th of this year. The Charleston County School District's interim superintendent has a new title. Don Kennedy will now serve as superintendent, a position he has held in the interim since Dr. Jarita Postalwaite resigned back in December. He will now serve in the role until a permanent superintendent is selected. The nationwide search continues. Charleston County is setting aside tens of millions of dollars to help fix homes and expand affordable housing in the area. As Ray Urena reports, the county says the money is going toward its most vulnerable neighbors. Charleston County Council Chairman Teddy Pryor says seniors will be able to take advantage of a new program designed to help them stay in their homes. Council has dedicated $3 million for an emergency home repair program that seniors over 62 years old will be able to apply for. Some of the repairs eligible for the program include roofs, floors, windows, weathering, and sustainability. The county will be uh, going out in the community, and the county will also have where you can apply online. And uh, once your application is accepted, then they will go through, and, and if you meet the criteria, then uh, they will give you a call. Council has also set aside $20 million in coronavirus relief money for affordable housing. County staff are working on a plan that's scheduled to come back before council next month. And Pryor says there will be a second phase of the emergency home repair program in the future. But for now, they just want to help as many people as they can. In the newsroom, Ray Urena, Live 5 News. Two Charleston County libraries are expanding hours for two branches beginning this Friday. The library system is adjusting hours three days a week at its Edisto branch and one day a week at the McCullenville branch on Monday. And Tuesday, the Edisto Island Library will close at 4 p.m. rather than 3. And Thursdays, it will open at 9 a.m. rather than 2. Then on Wednesdays, the McCullenville Library will open at 9 a.m. rather than 2 p.m. Three local businesses are sponsoring a campaign to help protect Charleston's Crab Bank, a bird sanctuary island near Shem Creek. Molly McBride met with the Coastal Expeditions Foundation to learn more about what the campaign will do. Good morning. Good morning. With the three businesses' contribution, the Coastal Expedition Foundation will monitor the Crab Bank as, run, as well as run an awareness campaign, all in the hopes of keeping kayakers from docking on the Crab Bank. 
The Crab Bank is located in the Charleston Harbor. The bank is an essential resting spot for birds making their way from South America to Canada. It was recently cre created after the old crab bank slowly eroded and then washed away during Hurricane Irma in 2017. The 32-acre crab bank was made from sand and material from the Charleston Deepening Project and cost just under $400,000 to recreate, according to the U.S. Army Corps of Engineering. Island Brands, Rios Eyewear, and Free Fly Apparel are contributing a total of $15,000 to the Coastal Expeditions Foundation. With the money, the foundation says they will spread awareness about how to protect nesting birds through social media, email, and their blog. They also say they will sponsor three boats to monitor the crab bank to prevent people from docking or landing, especially during breeding season, March 15th through October 15th. I spoke with Karen Monahan, the director of the Coastal Expedition Foundation, who said that even just docking on the bank can scare the birds away, leaving eggs unprotected in the hot sun. Monahan says this partnership shows such a commitment by local Charleston companies investing in the environment around them. The fact that these small brands, these small local brands are working to support our environment, our local environment is so important. Like I, I'm so grateful to them um, for their support. The campaign kickoff event is tonight at 4.30 p.m. For more information about the campaign, visit live5news.com and click on this story. Reporting live in Charleston, Molly McBride, Live 5 News. What's your favorite Mel Brooks film? That might be a tough question for his fans to answer. The man behind films like Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, The Producers, and Spaceballs, just to name a few, turns 96 today. Also celebrating a birthday, comedian impressionist John Viner is 85. Former Defense Secretary Leon Panetta is 84. Actress Kathy Bates turns 74. Actor John Cusack is 56. And singer and former American Idol contestant Kelly Pickler is 36. Thanks again for joining us for Morning Y'all. From Live 5 News, I'm Stephen Artery. Katie Kamen will be back tomorrow, and she'll talk to you then. Morning Y'all is produced every weekday morning. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and download the Live 5 News app for your mobile device. Get the latest news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.